Hey leaders, before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you about a free event that I'm hosting, your personal leadership audit live workshop. I've put the workshop together because if you want to stand out as an exceptional leader, you have to know yourself inside and out. Understanding your strengths and weaknesses is critical. And for that, you need a high degree of self-awareness and a commitment to self-reflection. Now, if you're committed to unlocking your leadership potential, then working through a self-assessment like this is going to help you to quickly identify a path to higher impact. I'll be leading you through a deep dive into the seven imperatives of my No Bullshit Leadership Framework, so that by the end of the session, you'll know exactly what areas you need to develop if you really want to stand out from the crowd. We're only opening up 150 spots, so register now at yourceomentor.com forward slash workshop. That's yourceomentor.com forward slash workshop. Are you selling a little or a lot? Either way, Shopify helps you do your thing. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. It helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. In fact, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And now you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Most of the business owners who listen to No Bullshit Leadership want to go large. What's so cool about Shopify is that no matter how big you want to grow, it gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash leadership or lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash leadership now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash leadership. Hey leaders, M here. We're finalizing Marty's 2024 speaking calendar and he still has a few opportunities available. Now you've experienced the impact that Marty has on the podcast, but that's only a tiny fraction of the impact that he has when he delivers an in-person keynote presentation. If you'd like to book Marty to speak at your organization's event, go to martingmore.com or send us an email at hello at martingmore.com and we can chat about how to tailor his powerful message to your leaders to achieve real results. All right, now back to the episode. Welcome to the No Bullshit Leadership Podcast. In a world where knowledge has become a commodity, this podcast is designed to give you something more. Access to the experience of a successful CEO who has already walked the path. So join your host, Martin Moore, who will unlock and bring to life your own leadership experiences and accelerate your journey to leadership excellence. Hey there, and welcome to episode 274 of the No Bullshit Leadership Podcast. This week's episode, Taking Control of Your Future, another Q&A with M. We recently released our new self-paced online short course, Landing Your Dream Job. Em and I love this course because it covers everything from knowing which companies to target as preferred employers, right through to negotiating your employment contract once you've been offered a role. There's no doubt that the job market is tough right now, and as many economies around the world are being challenged, 
we wanted to create this as a one-stop shop job hunting framework. The best part is that it's the principles and tactics, so you can apply them to any job hunt you have now or further down the track. In the lead up to our product launch, we ran the online training, The Art of Asking, and ran that training on the podcast a few weeks ago. Since then, we've had a bunch of questions from people who are keen to take the course, but want to know if it's really going to help them to land their dream job. As we're starting to see some trends developing in these questions, Em and I figured it might be useful to do a general podcast episode to answer a couple of the most common ones. This is all about positioning yourself so that you can maximise your career potential. So this is for all leaders, not just those who are currently looking for a new role. We figured the best way to do this is with a Q&A format. Em, welcome back to the mic. It's almost Christmas again. We're so looking forward to having you and Royce and my beautiful granddaughter Florence over here with us in a few weeks. Now, the Landing Your Dream Job course has been going so well with leaders who want to get a strategy in place before they get started on their job hunt in the new year. Hello, hello. Yes, we are so excited about the trip. Look, apart from having to travel across the world with a 16-month-old, but I know that it will all be worth it once we get there. Yeah, I've really loved seeing our leaders get stuck into the program and just, you know, having produced Landing Your Dream Job with you and knowing what's in the content, I can honestly say that it's something that I wish I had when I was working in corporate. Oh, definitely. Like we've been wanting to do this for ages, but uh, we kicked the can down the road a few times because there's so much demand for our leadership content. So I'm so excited we finally got it out in the world for sure. Ditto. feel exactly the same way. All right, let's dive into it. There are two really fundamental questions that people have been sending in. And the first is the general area of networking. The second is the general area of making a decision on which job is going to be right for you. So I want to explore these areas pretty broadly. Question one, I took this one specifically from Devonte, who sent this through on Instagram. Thanks, Devonte. He asked, I want to make sure I'm connected to my network to increase my future job prospects. How often should I seek out my mentors? I feel like I should be more active with my network and build relationships before I need them. This is a great one, Marty, and you know something that everyone should be thinking about, whether they're looking for a new job or not. Yeah, for sure, Em. And uh, I draw the distinction between mentors and the other types of people in your network because you normally don't have too many mentors. Uh, mentors are in a pretty tight circle. And if you've got somewhere between zero and maybe three mentors, that's probably the right number. Uh, And when you're in an organization, sometimes your internal visibility hinges on this. Now, I did a podcast episode ages ago. It was episode 183. It was called Mentors, Coaches, and Trusted Advisors. So we'll leave a link to that one in the show notes. That's worth a listen. Mentors should be on-demand type of relationships. So I had a number of mentors in different areas for my career. I'd have a mentor who was specifically someone who dealt with culture change and leadership. I had another one who was very, very deep in terms of their experience in commercial matters like you know mergers and acquisitions and things like that. I had another mentor who was purely for industrial relations, who understood you know workplace relations in Australia and the law behind that. So you have horses for courses, right? But these normally come from good relationships that have been developed in the trenches, working with people who you know are expert in a certain area, who can offer you some of their advice, guidance and experience, and the wisdom that only comes with having done these things. And look, my mentors were always happy when I contacted them, but it was fairly infrequent. 
Now, I think you should really nurture those mentoring relationships. Those are the people in your inner circle. They're potentially your biggest supporters. And quite often inside a company that you're in too, they will offer you their patronage, which is incredibly important that you have someone in your corner. So don't fall into the trap of only asking for them to give you something. Like the best relationships are two-way relationships. Uh, there's a there's a country singer over here. Now, you know I'm not a big fan of country music, Em. There's a country singer <laughs> over here. I'm wondering where this is going. I, I know, I know. Country singer over here. It just came to mind, right? This guy's name is Jelly Roll. And if you see him, there's a reason why he calls himself Jelly Roll. But he had this massive single over here, which was called I Only Speak to God When I Need a Favor. Now, that clearly strikes a chord with a lot of people because it was a massive hit. And, you know, when you think about some of your most important career relationships, as in your mentors, you know, it's good to not only speak to them when you need a favor, right? Yeah, I love that. Look, I can't say that I'm going to be adding that to my Spotify most played, (laughs) but I will take your word for it. So, okay. How do you work out then who would be a good mentor for you? Well, you've got to think about what mentoring is at its core. Mentoring is actually quite a directive process. So you ask for guidance and advice from someone who has the experience and wisdom to give it to you. And in order for them to give you greater perspective, they want to help you improve your performance and realize your future potential. Now, mentors typically offer their services pro bono, that is, for free. And it's a common way for more experienced leaders and executives to give back. So they quite enjoy mentoring others who are more junior. They, they, they want to pay it forward. Mentors typically don't have qualifications in the process of mentoring, which is different from coaches who often are qualified in the process of coaching. But that means there's going to be a huge level of variability in what a mentoring relationship actually looks like. Something that's kind of a gray area, and we get a lot of questions about it, should mentor be free or pro bono? Um, Obviously, we charge pretty significant fees for your one-on-one mentoring services, but that's for a very specific type of person wanting a specific outcome. So, you know, CEOs and business owners. When do you go for a paid mentor versus a free mentor or someone in your current network? Uh, Yeah, well, it's a good question. I mean, you know, typically most of the mentoring relationships, 95% of them uh, for people would be unpaid, you know, relationships you create by approaching someone who is someone more senior to you, who's in your field of vision, who you want to tap into and get their experience. But as you know, what I do is quite unique. We call it mentoring because that's the, I guess, closest way to describe it. But I use my years of accumulated wisdom and experience as a corporate executive and chief executive to help other senior leaders supercharge their company's performance. Now, these people don't come to me so they can chew the fat over a coffee. They only come so they can drive significant performance uplift in their company. So they've got to be in a position where they have the levers of value and performance. So yeah, look, I'm not the typical example of a mentor because I combine the best techniques from coaching, mentoring, and probably business consulting to specifically improve performance. Yeah, I wouldn't say you're a typical anything, Marty, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's true. Glad you cleared that up for us. So, what's the difference between those closely connected mentors and your broader network? Your broader network is what you need to tap into when you're on the hunt for a job. Whether or not you need another job depends on a whole range of factors, and only you know when the time is right. But your network is basically a much broader group of people than those that you have a close mentoring relationship with. It's all of your contacts who know you well enough for you to ask for 20 or 30 minutes of their time to help you establish a solid foundation for your job search activities. 
Now, you may have 20 people who you put in this category, or you might have over 100, but you don't have to have a close connection with someone to engage them in your job search. Um, The purpose of tapping into your network is to uncover potential job opportunities. Now, they say 80% of jobs are never advertised. And look, that's probably not true. But the best jobs certainly aren't decided via Monster.com or Seek. So before you meet with someone in your network, you've got to be disciplined enough to do some preparation. You want to be able to describe with real precision what it is that you're looking for. You need to be able to describe your unique skills and capabilities. And you need to know how to build a relationship quickly enough that this person in your network will be happy to refer you to other people and to potential roles. So we have a whole lesson and workbook on this in the Landing Your Dream Job course, which helps you to make networking methodical instead of just random coffee catch-ups with no forward movement. Okay, that's super helpful. Are there any rules of engagement with the people in your network? Yeah, I mean, it's just the basics and all pretty much common sense, right? So respect people's time. uh, Make sure you prepare beforehand. Know who you're meeting with, what their background is. Like, that's going to be pretty useful to you. Uh, Listen to what they tell you. Be realistic about both what you ask for and what you describe as your dream job. And be direct and clear about what you're asking for. Don't be afraid to ask for what you want, but be clear about what that is. All right. That's a pretty comprehensive treatment of networking and mentoring. Of course, as you mentioned, we have much more detailed guidance and tools in the Landing Your Dream Job program. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. Now, the second broad area of questioning has been around knowing how to choose the right opportunity. Helen asked a great question. Em, in the past, I've made some pretty poor decisions on moving to a job that didn't turn out to be everything I'd imagined. There were plenty of red flags that I didn't see because I was so keen to get out of the role that I was in. How do I get better at making those decisions without the rose-colored glasses? This is such a great question because obviously, you know, we don't just say, okay, well, if you're not enjoying your job, just jump ship and you'll get another one tomorrow. It is really about being methodical, but how do you choose the right opportunity? I know you found this difficult across your career, Marty. Can you just tell us a little bit about that? Uh, Yeah, look, I really used to do a lot of stuff intuitively and it had gaps and it was prone to being influenced by emotional considerations, which of course, you know, can change from day to day. Then I worked out how to formalize and structure that framework of decision-making and it made a huge difference. Now, there was still plenty of room for gut feel and emotion, but it didn't dominate when I blended it with a focus on the data and uh, the integrated framework I was using. So obviously, I talk about this in Landing Your Dream Job in Lesson 1, targeting the right opportunity. And of course, in Lesson 5, evaluating the role. Yeah, but you still didn't get it right when you were making the decision to go from Horizon to CS Energy, did you? (laughs) Yeah, I had a feeling you might bring that up. And look... (laughs) Fair enough, because I did use my framework to make that decision, but when I made the decision, it, I didn't make the right one. It didn't sit well with me. I hadn't anticipated the strong emotional pull to the money, which I hadn't weighted properly in my assessment criteria. So I originally declined the CS Energy CEO job because it meant that I'd have to leave a shit ton of money on the table at Horizon in terms of share options and long-term bonuses. So after I figured I'd made the wrong decision, I went back to the chairman of CS Energy and said, look, I know this probably doesn't fill you with confidence about the decision-making capability of your new CEO, but I think I've made the wrong call. Would the board still be happy to have me if I were to accept the offer? And as it turns out, they did. 
and I actually got screwed really badly on my options at Horizon, leaving me with pretty much the worst case scenario. So it ended up costing me a small fortune, but I don't regret it for one second. If I didn't have the experience of leading a major turnaround at CS Energy, I could not be doing what I'm doing today. And the money pales into insignificance compared to that. It's so funny when you look at that stuff in hindsight though, isn't it? That's why I love that story. Yeah. (laughs) So how do people like Helen and other leaders in our community minimize the likelihood of making a poor decision, especially when they want out ASAP? Well, you know, there's a few no-brainers. The first thing is to define each element of the framework as thoroughly as possible. You've got to be aware of your own biases because when you're looking for an out, the grass is always greener on the other side. Your assessment has to consider the relativity of different roles, not just to assess the job in isolation. So just like strategy, it shouldn't happen in a vacuum. Discount your perceptions for driver test syndrome. Now, I don't know if you've heard me talk about driver test syndrome before. I've just started using that expression lately because I've noticed the drivers around the local area in Boston are crazy. It's absolute mayhem on the roads here. (laughs) And someone said to me once I was driving on, they said, How on earth do these people get their licenses? And it just occurred to me that anyone can behave behind the wheel of a car as a model citizen for half an hour with a driving assessor next to them. Mm. So it's easy enough, it's easy enough to get your license. You spend half an hour doing that, and then you've got a lifetime of joy on the interstates. That's crazy. So (laughs) it, it totally is. It totally is. But this is how it works, right? So so just think about discounting for driver test syndrome, which is you're going into an interview room. You can behave for half an hour. So can your interviewer. Your interviewer can be on their best behavior and tell you what a wonderful place it is, what a fantastic job it is, what a great opportunity, and what a great boss they are. And the reality is often very different. So make sure you're thinking about that all the time. Also think long-term. Going to a job for more money now may or may not be in the best interest of your future career. So you have to think about potential progression challenge and growth, um, filling your resume gaps. And um, for the most part of my career, I was working in staff roles and I realized that I had a huge gap in my resume because I didn't have the experience of having run a P&L. So I had to do that before I was capable of getting a job like the chief executive role at CS Energy. So I had to fill that career gap with a sideways move that gave me that experience on my resume. Okay. So what is that decision-making framework that you went through? Well, in basic terms, it's just a case of understanding what's important to you in a role, and you'd be surprised how many people don't know that, Um, working out how any potential role stacks up against those drivers. So of the things that are most important to me, which of those are delivered in this role and how much, and how does that compare to other roles? Um, Assessing the pros and cons of each job, undertaking a risk assessment, uh, bouncing that thinking off a mentor. And of course, working out how to make a role more attractive to you, because what's advertised is always only going to be a partial fit with your skills, capabilities, and talents. And you want to be able to use as much of that as you possibly can. It's in everyone's best interests. Okay, that's excellent. Assuming that you've made the decision to seek an alternative role, how do you know when the time is right to move? This is a tricky one. Yeah, it is, Emma. And look, this is a really personal thing. For me, it was always when I either thought that I wasn't being sufficiently stretched anymore or I wasn't having the impact that I knew I could have. But for everyone, it's different, right? So it it may just simply be feeling underappreciated, or um, there may be a constraint in the environment that you work in that's stopping you from leading the way you want to lead. 
for example, you might have a micromanaging boss who suffocates you or um, a, a company with a family culture that doesn't support you to lead for performance. Or you might feel as though you're just getting stale or um, you've been in one place for too long and you know that you have to get momentum back into your career. Um, sometimes it's just that your opportunities for promotion simply aren't obvious to you. You can't see where that next move might be and it looks like it's a long way in the future. Or maybe the market's moved a lot and your salary hasn't moved with the market, so you need to get a reset. And sometimes going to a new role is the only way to do that. Um, Maybe you just need to acquire some critical skills to fill a gap in your resume, as I said, if you want to make some future career ambitions come true. So look, there are loads of reasons, but they're some of the most common. All right, Marty, that's a pretty comprehensive treatment of how to get your career on the fast track. If you're listening to this and you're thinking, ah, yes, I need to learn more about how to get methodical with my next job hunt, check out our new self-paced short course, Landing Your Dream Job. You'll find the link in the show notes or you can go to bit.ly forward slash L-Y-D-J. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash L-Y-D-J. All right, Marty, thank you for having me again. Why don't you take us out? Thanks, Em. So great to have you on the podcast. It's always good to get you on the other side of the mic. Uh, so that brings us to the end of episode 274. Thanks so much for joining us. And remember, at Your CEO Mentor, our purpose is to improve the quality of leaders globally. So please share this episode now with your network of leaders. Anyone with the slightest spark of ambition should be thinking actively about their future career options and maintaining a sense of urgency. I'll look forward to next week's episode compartmentalizing for career longevity. Until then, I know you'll take every opportunity you can to be a no-bullshit leader. 